Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let Mom's Green Thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give Mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. In the California Road Trip Republic, we believe you take adventure for a ride. Whether coastal cruising, mountain motoring, or redwood roaming, discover beauty around every turn. Your road trip can kick off from anywhere. Starting route. But it should always start at visitcalifornia.com. Then buckle up, crank those tunes, and discover why California is the ultimate playground. Hi, everyone. This is Savvy Psychologist. I'm Dr. Ellen Hendrickson, and every week I'll help you meet life's challenges with evidence-based research, a sympathetic ear, and zero judgment. I am really excited to talk with this week's guest, Dr. Jeannie Safer. First, because she has been on the show before, so this makes her the first repeat guest on the show. Um, she's been on before to talk about relationships, and she was a fan favorite. She is wise and insightful and just delightful to learn from. But second, I am really looking forward to today's topic, which is political mixing, having friends, family, or even a partner who holds very different political beliefs from your own. And in this realm, Dr. Safer knows what she is talking about. She's been a psychotherapist in New York City for 44 years and is a veteran of a politically mixed marriage. She is a liberal Democrat married to a conservative Republican. And not just any conservative Republican. Her husband is senior editor of the leading journal of conservative opinion, National Review. But together, they've learned to deal with their gigantic political differences on issues from abortion to gun control to assisted suicide because they agree about almost everything else. And that is more important. In addition, Dr. Safer is the author of six books on taboo topics, so what many people think about but nobody talks about, like choosing not to be a parent, problem siblings, positive effects of a parent's death, the fact that forgiveness isn't always necessary, and the many varieties of love. Her new book, I Love You, But I Hate Your Politics, based on 50 interviews and her own story, will be published by St. Martin's Press in spring 2019. And if you can't wait till then, and who could, her new podcast of the same name, I Love You But I Hate Your Politics, is out now. So check that out wherever you like to get your podcasts. So with all that, Dr. Jeannie Safer, welcome, or should I say welcome back, to the show. Thank you. I'm delighted to be talking to you. You know, when I hear you talk about this marriage that happens to be my marriage, I think, how do they do it? <laughs> <laughs> I should talk to those God, people. How gun do control, do abortion, assisted suicide. And that's just the tip of the iceberg. <laughs> I'm sure. Well, and it sounds like you guys have figured something unique out because, for instance, I saw there was a new Pew Research Center survey that came out recently, and it found that almost half of liberal Democrats, so I think it was 47 percent, said that if a friend supported Trump, 
it would put a strain on their friendship. So what what do you make of this trend of not maintaining friendships with, you know, much less dating or marrying people with different political stripes? I think it is insane. I, I, I think it is insane because, first of all, we assume that because somebody has the same politics as we do, they're compatible in other ways or their values are the same as ours. And, you know, it, it is a compelling idea on the surface, but it's absurd. I mean, you know, when I think about the men that I was involved with before I met Rick, which was almost 40 years ago now, um, they all agree with me exactly politically. <laughs> Now, now, that was not exactly a guarantee of being treated well by anybody. Mm. You know? So we have to remember that. And I mean, if your friendship is only based on politics, what have you got? Mm-hmm. But one of the things one that's been so striking to me over the years is I've kind of become in certain ways the liberal mascot of National Review magazine, with which I agree about nothing. Okay? <laughs> and I have found that the people that I've met through there have supported me have been good friends. And it's been a real education, which I was kind of forced to get, you mm-hmm. know, because uh, there I was. But I'm so glad about it, because otherwise, I would have been like every other liberal almost, which mm-hmm. is to only be in this little world. And it's gotten worse. Absolutely. You know, yeah. Over the years. I mean, uh, I've, I've got a, a wonderful statistic about mixed marriages, mixed political marriages. When Rick and I got married in 1980, the percentage of mixed marriages was 20%. Would you like to know what it is now? Oh my, it must have, it, I'm, how much has it shrunk? I, I'm sure it's gone that way. Well, when, when I looked at this statistic, which was about a year ago, it was 9% and going down. Okay, yeah, that So makes I sense. think we, we may be the only surviving uh, <laughs> politically mixed couple very soon, <laughs> you know, which is just absurd. I mean, unless you were just totally obsessed with politics, there's an awful lot else in life. Mm, and mm-hmm. one of the things that I have to say is, a wonderful moment, though, is that Rick doesn't like Trump, to put it mildly. Mm. So uh, and not everybody at National Review is a Trump supporter. So sure. it's really nice to be. I, I understand how nice it is to be able to talk about politics for the first time in my life. <laughs> <laughs> because we could do it now. You know, but, you know, here I, I interviewed 50 people and these were all people in couples who had Various kinds of couples. I mean, parents and children, Mm, mm -hmm. old friends, siblings, husbands and wives, gay partners, all kinds of people. And they were really struggling with this. They, They did things that seemed, when you thought about it, just guaranteed to be a disaster. Mm. Like having a fight and raising your voice. Okay, right. Anytime you raise your voice, the other person assumes you're yelling. Yes, of course. And they stop thinking and you, you're, you're done. I mean, and then you, you get talk. defensive. Right, right. Yeah. And everybody does it. You know, even psychologists like us do it. I mean, <laughs> so there's that. And also, one of the things that I found in a lot of these people is they do a terrible thing, which I call article thrusting. Mm. Can you guess what that is? Tell me. That is that at the breakfast table, your ah. mate finds a copy of you know, whatever it is, and you expect them to read it. You demand that they read it. They haven't asked for it. Yeah, so it's this intrusion. Yes, it's intrusion. And, you know, sometimes people, I have a number of couples, wise couples, who were mixed, including two old friends, two guys in their 60s and 70s, who just are the symbol and the model for everybody. Uh, The one said to the other, look, if you, you know, there's an article I'd like you to look at. Would you read it if I send it to you? And of course, I'd be happy to read something that you send me. Mm. 
very different. This is one person, yeah, that did this. And the other thing that, that people make a disastrous mistake about is that they look at their partners or whoever's feed on Facebook, uh, you name it. And this is a disaster. Mm. So how, yeah, how do they deal with that? Or is, would you recommend just not doing that, not looking at the feed? I recommend not doing it. I mean, you know, there's something about our current world that the notion of don't do something seems to be like, gee, how can I express myself if I don't do something? You know what I mean? And it's so absurd. I mean, if I said, well, do you read your partner's diary? Mm. You know, most people would say, well, no, I don't do that. That wouldn't be a good idea. But do you read your husband's Facebook feed when he's a, you know, a big Trump supporter? Well, yeah, sure. And then the other thing with, with the internet that is really awful is that people unfriend people. Mm, yes. Uh, you know, at the drop of a hat. But I mean parents and children. Wow. And they still have to live together. Or if they're adult children, you know, see each other regularly. Yes. Well, they see each other a lot less mm. and they yell a lot more. And mm. it, it's unbelievable and sad. When, like, I can't tell you the number of people who were unfriended or who unfriended that I talked to. And, you know, those are hard things to fix. Yeah. Okay. So what I hear is if you want to share your opinion, to do it in a respectful way, to not do the article thrusting, to, and to also ask. ask the other person if yeah. they want to hear your opinion. Because, that that you makes know, sense. If you've got an audience, that if, if you have civility together, I mean, it's interesting to hear other people's opinions. You know, I've, I've learned a lot about, I, I talk to a lot of Trump supporters that I would be glad to have as friends, even though, you know, because they had a lot of interesting opinions and thoughts. So if you ask for it, yeah, I want to I want to look on both sides of this. So one, you mentioned political beliefs and values as separate. I think a lot of people would say that political beliefs and their values are fundamentally intertwined. How do you see do you, how do you see them as different or the same? And and is it possible to be close to someone whose values, you know, we fundamentally disagree with? It's it's the most important question, and I've pondered this a great deal. And I'm thinking here, you know, I support these things that, that passionately and my own husband, whom I love, doesn't. Well, I have a test that people have to follow now, have to, okay. have to pass in order to be considered somebody who has the same core values that I hold dear. I call it the chemotherapy test. Who stands by your bedside mm. when you get a chemotherapy? And okay. do you ask them their, their political registration when they're standing there? No, no, you don't. <laughs> That goes well, out the Rick window. And I have both been through that, and I could tell you that's what counts. And uh, I have a whole chapter in my book about what is a core value and how people who really fell in love with people who have very different beliefs in many ways, how they felt ultimately that their core values were the same, because it's decency, it's sensitivity, it's taking your side, you know being there for you when you need them. Mm -hmm. um, I had a very interesting example of it. A young woman that I know, who's, and I know her family, they are way to the left of me. You know, they live in upstate New York in the, in the town of New Paltz. And that's, that's a place where you know, there are a few Trump supporters, but mostly they're people who, Bernie was kind of too right. <laughs> anyway, wow. so she has a lot of relatives. Her, her father, who died about a year ago, had, I think, six siblings. And they were very left. And she also was in a group of women who talked about politics every other week for years. Mm -hmm. She had one uncle who had become a born-again Christian. Mm. 
who lived in a different city. Would you like to guess who helped her? Oh, wow. When her father died, none of her uncles and aunts who agreed with her raised a finger. And her friends, who she met every other week, sent her condolences on Facebook. Mm. Nobody showed up. Nobody showed up with anything. And they had a house to take care of. They had a business to deal with. I mean, and this guy who lived in a different city and had five children made a point of coming not once, but many times. Wow. And that really changed her mind. So there, the values are how you treat other people, how you treat the people you love. That's the fundamental, I think. I think because, you know, it's, it, it takes a little bit of thinking to say, well, but my goodness, if, if, you know, if you really are pro-choice and somebody else isn't, well, but aren't they damaging you or aren't they damaging women or whatever? But the thing is, what I've really had to learn because of my life situation is that people can disagree. I mean, not everybody who disagrees with me is somebody I want in my life. Sure. I mean, I'm not f- fond of the alt-right you know, or info wars or things like that. But that's a whole different thing. That's, that's a different story. In the, it's, it's a different thing. You know, mm-hmm. That's just craziness or Charlottesville people, you know, thing like that. But um, a lot of these people, I find a lot of commonalities. And I've also really, I understand through knowing them why they have some of the beliefs they have, which were, are anathema to me. They mm. have them for decent reasons. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't want them imposed on me. Right. But they've come through for me. You know, and and maybe that's a selfish way to think about it. If somebody treats me well, you know, that's what counts most. But I don't think it's a bad criterion because the other criterion, you know, of somebody who agrees with you politically doesn't really hold up. Yeah, I think it, it comes down to respect. I think that's why you yes. can not want to get close to somebody who is all right or, you know, this, like you mentioned, Charlottesville or Infowars, because I think that fundamentally is not respectful and not decent. And, Absolutely. And so, but if we are defining the common bond as decency and respect, yes. then, then that, yes, that makes a lot of sense. And you do have to think about it because, look, are most of my close friends liberal Democrats? Yes. Of course. You know, and I'm glad to have them, particularly mm-hmm. since I can't talk about it at home. <laughs> but I mean, I learned this again through a lot of personal experience. My next door neighbor, who's a card carrying National Review reader, um, a very, very devout Catholic. I can't say that we agreed about one thing, but she insisted on coming to the hospital with me. Mm. She left me a note every day under my door to encourage me. Oh. And I really thought about this. And it really changed something for me. From, it was personal experience, and one that really made a difference to me. Um, and I'm very glad that it did, because otherwise I would have been in a much more limited world. And I think I would have seen things too much through the lens that a lot of people see it, which mm-hmm. is, you know, if you vote this way, you're good. If you vote that way, you're right. bad. Well, that brings me to the next question. So what, what are we losing out on when we don't engage with people with different values, when we do stay in our bubbles? What, what do we miss out on? We miss out on the spectrum of life, <laughs> you know, and we also may miss out on people that we could really love and who love us. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. You know, um, I remember when I met Rick, we happened to meet in a Renaissance singing group. And in fact, uh, <laughs> 
we actually sing a madrigal on one of the podcasts. Oh, that's adorable. <laughs> Decently enough that we that we aren't embarrassed by it. <laughs> but when I met him, um, you know, I asked him what he did for a living, right? And he said he was a writer. I thought, oh, that's good. Okay. Who do you work for? And then he says, William F. Buckley. And that's what you. I said, oh, my God. And I said, and then my third thing was, well, he is a writer. No. And he had wonderful blue eyes and he had a great voice and he was six four and I'm five feet tall and lots of <laughs> other stuff. So, you know, it really, it didn't give me enormous pause because his personality is what mm. really was the first thing. And also, this is very important, we had music together. Mm. You know, that this was that, and a kind of slightly esoteric kind of music that we both loved and sure. sang. He, he'd run a group at Yale and I'd sung for years and, and, so when you have something like that in common, who you vote for doesn't matter quite so much. That makes sense. True or false? Walmart has eye care. True. Stop by Walmart to save and browse top designer frames right where you already shop. And they accept most insurance. Welcome to Easy Eye Care. Welcome to your Walmart. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. With the Internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. In fact, Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash podcast free. All lowercase, shopify.com slash podcast free, shopify.com slash podcast free. Are you tired of the constant battle with anxiety and panic? I've got a podcast that I think you'll love. It's called The Anxiety Coaches Podcast, where the host, Gina, gives you your weekly dose of tranquility and inspiration. Two new episodes drop weekly, packed with practical tips and lifestyle changes to help you calm that racing heart and bring peace back into your life. So if you're ready to bid farewell to sleepless nights and constant worry, tune into the Anxiety Coaches podcast and embark on a journey towards lasting calmness and a life free from anxiety's grip. Remember, it's not just a podcast, it's a lifeline. Join Gina on the Anxiety Coaches podcast and let her soothing words be the balm your nervous system needs. Listen in and start your path to healing today. The Anxiety Coaches Podcast.com because healing begins the first time you listen. Okay, so now back to Dr. Jeannie Safer and how to discuss politics with your political opposite. So here I have a question. So when when we are discussing, or okay, well maybe maybe the maybe the answer is just simply don't discuss it. But if we do want to discuss differing political opinions with people we love, what do you recommend to manage negative emotion like outrage or indignation as we talk? What how how do you do that? Well, I think the way you couch the questions and how you listen mm. is really what makes a difference. If you go in with saying how can you do this? Mm-hmm, you know, you're, mm-hmm. you're done for, right? Yes, yes. But actually, Rick and I have found a way mostly to do it. Some things we avoid. Sure. You know, abortion, we have decided through long, painful experience, we cannot discuss. Okay. Just off the table. No. Yes. Off the table. You know, he knows how I feel. He knows why I feel it. I know why he feels it. End of story. Mm-hmm. You know, gun control, kind of the same. Okay. You know, but 
I could say things like, well, you know, what, what's the Republican policy on such and such? Or how do they deal with this or that? You know, you do it in a kind of more abstract way. And actually, you know, I'm married to a political journalist, an analyst, and he knows an awful lot about politics. And I've actually been educated by that. Mm. You know, That's a nice way to see it. But you have to think about how you talk. But the thing is, don't you have to think about how you talk to anybody to yeah, some degree? This is more true. than you really do. You know, there's a lot of things that you could say to somebody that you agree with that would annoy them or infuriate them or whatever. But my, my favorite story of of two people who did it wrong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, two. One was two people who voted for Trump, who both voted for Trump, who got in fistfights over Trump. That was <gasps> my one. Goodness. I know. Right? No fistfights. Yeah. Okay. Rule number one, no fistfights. A, a couple. These were an older couple. They were both highly educated, and they had this beautiful big house, and she was quite liberal, and he was a conservative, and he liked Fox News, which is not, you know, an, an, I mean, it's not, maybe not our taste, but it's not uh, vile, necessarily. Sure. Anyway, she, he liked to record it in the basement. They had three-story house. Okay. She would not let him listen Hmm. to Fox News in the basement of their three-story house. Hmm. I said, what, is it going to pollute the air? I mean, like, (laughs) and he went along with it. Oh. He went along with it. To get along? Go along to get along? Yeah, I guess so. But I I thought, you know, and I said to them when I met them, I said, no, this isn't right. He he should be able, he said, well, I don't listen to a lot of it. He's like trying to placate her. And I said, look, on the third floor, you can have your own enclave there, and he has a right to listen to that. Mm-hmm. That's true. You know, that's true. And do you feel that your own values are so vulnerable mm, that you can't fragile. allow? Yeah. He's not sticking in in her face, right? Right. But that was that was the most amazing story. I heard. <laughs> well, here's here's a question. Maybe we can maybe we can wrap this one up for listeners who may not live with somebody who have very differing political right. opinions, but may encounter like Uncle Al at Thanksgiving dinner or. The, Absolutely. You know, the conservative friend from college who, when they're in the same city, they have dinner together. How how do we manage people who are not on the same page in terms of respect and asking questions uh, and being curious? How do we manage the article thrusters or the, well, what about, you know, the, the, the people who try to obfuscate? Yeah. Well, you're asking two important questions, really. You know, how do we try to have a conversation with somebody who disagrees and mm-hmm. is a decent person? Yes. And how do we try to deal with somebody who isn't a decent person? There you go. Um, yes. I, I find that with, with the decent people, I, I try to make it abstract. And, you know, what's your position on this? Or how are they dealing with this? You know, the same kind of thing I do with my husband. And sometimes I simply don't answer. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes I just... Do not engage. I, I remember recently Rick was speaking someplace and we were at a dinner. I was the only liberal at this <laughs> yeah. which is an experience I've had more than once. Sure. I imagine. <laughs> That's why I call myself the mascot. And there was a man sitting next to me. He was a retired general, brilliant guy, mm. who, by the way, a, a friend of his for 60 years stopped talking to him because he voted for Trump. <gasps> oh, my goodness. But anyway. He, he started talking to me about what he thought about abortion. I did not bring this up. No, okay. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't say anything. I didn't say anything. Hmm. Just listen. You know, I listened and I, and I went on to something else. Okay. Did he notice that? You did, know, he notice, did he notice that you didn't engage? 
Well, he was a gracious man, so he didn't say, well, how about, what do you think about this? I see, you know, okay. He, he gave his opinion, and I said something else about something else. And, and that's what I did. And, and we have a number of friends, um, the people who sponsored this dinner, who were both Trump supporters. Hmm. You know, and they know, they, they kind of think I'm amusing. You know? <laughs> okay, that's fine. You add flavor. Why should I get into, why should I get into this? Right. But the other kind of person... Um, I have an interesting example for you from a side that, that surprised me. One time, a number of years ago, Rick and I were invited to a, a brunch for psychoanalysts. So this is my world, not his world. Okay. And somebody walks up to us, a colleague of mine whom I didn't know well, and said, well, well, Jenny, what's it like to be married to a crypto-Nazi? Oh, my. Wow. That's inappropriate. And Rick laughed it off. Okay. And I said... You have no right to say that about my husband. Good for you. So I believe in that situation, it happens all the time. You must defend the person you love. Mm -hmm. That is a requirement. Uh, you don't have to put up. You don't have to put up with somebody saying something to you that's that's hostile and obnoxious about you either. Of course, to say no, sure. I really, I really can't countenance that opinion. You know, I, I can't talk about this with you. You just say it like that. Mm -hmm. Very matter of fact. That's what I try to do. Uh, very straightforwardly, not screaming, not yelling, not you should be thrown out of the country. But, you know, no, that's that's not an acceptable thing to say. Or I really don't believe or agree with that position. Let's not discuss it. If you have to be stuck with the person for a while. If they're next to you at dinner, <laughs> right. You're sitting next right. to one of these jerks at dinner, you know, you find some other way to do it. But but actually the guy, you know, the the uh, the general. Oh, there were lots of things to talk about. I'd mm -hmm. never known a general before. I was interested in a lot. Mm. I don't care if you voted for Trump. <laughs> You're interested in his life and his experience. Anyway, I, I hope that's interesting Absolutely. To, to our listeners. Yes. Well, and this is actually a perfect segue because if listeners want to hear more, and I hope they do, they can check out your, your new podcast, which is out now. And it's called I Love You, But I Hate Your Politics. And of course, they can get it wherever they like to get their podcasts. And there you talk, you talk with politically divided couples about how they make their relationships work in today's political environment. Is that right? Yes. Okay. Uh, both how they make them work and also about some of the fights they've had. Ah. Almost all of these people have had problems. Sure. And, uh, you know, being at one of the, this couple's house on election night wouldn't have been someplace you wanted to be. Oh, my. <laughs> And but I'm they sure, talked about how they dealt with it. Yeah. So it's been a revelation to me. And it's, it's very encouraging and inspiring to see that people with a goodwill and who really love each other, whatever their relationship is, really can work this out if they think about mm -hmm. it. We don't have to live in separate worlds. And I'm sure that we, as, as listeners and, and, uh, and you as a writer, learn, learn more from the fights that, that they talk about than, than, the, than the piece. So that, yeah. Yes, absolutely. It's been very illuminating. And also, listeners are encouraged to talk about their own fights or even come on the show mm, if they have a fight mm -hmm, they, wanna, mm -hmm. they want me to adjudicate, which I ah, have been doing. Very good. <laughs> ah, I'm excited. I'm excited to hear it. Well, thank you so much for talking with me. Uh, as, as always, this was lovely. Ellen, it was great to talk to you about this. Thanks for having me on. I hope your listeners enjoy it. I'm sure everyone will. I know I loved talking with you. Thank you for making The Savvy Psychologist a part of your life. As always, Savvy Psychologist is strictly for informational purposes and doesn't substitute for mental health care from a licensed professional. 
If you haven't already, check out my book, How to Be Yourself, Quiet Your Inner Critic, and Rise Above Social Anxiety. You can pick up a copy wherever you like to get your books. And thank you so much for listening. Have a wonderful week. And I will see you here every Friday for, as always, a happier, healthier mind. Save big money on everything for your projects. Now at Menards. We have it all for garden and landscaping essentials. Visit our outdoor garden center today and update your backyard space. Grid accents lattice panels have a timeless design with an innovative design that's simple to install and requires almost no maintenance. Save big on lattice panel options at Menards. View our entire selection of garden center products today on Menards.com. Save big money at Are you tired of the constant battle with anxiety and panic? I've got a podcast that I think you'll love. It's called the Anxiety Coaches Podcast, where the host, Gina, gives you your weekly dose of tranquility and inspiration. Two new episodes drop weekly, packed with practical tips and lifestyle changes to help you calm that racing heart and bring peace back into your life. So if you're ready to bid farewell to sleepless nights and constant worry, tune into the Anxiety Coaches podcast and embark on a journey towards lasting calmness and a life free from anxiety's grip. Remember, it's not just a podcast, it's a lifeline. Join Gina on the Anxiety Coaches podcast and let her soothing words be the balm your nervous system needs. Listen in and start your path to healing today. The Anxiety Coaches Podcast.com because healing begins the first time you listen.